0: It is Sunday, March 25th, 2012. This is U62 The Targ. Let's press play.
1: As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears. Right about now.
0: Why, what a little tiny microchip, some electronics, broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The car. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Capas. On this week's show, it's a new origin for the Ninja Turtles, goodbye to the submarines, and some spoilers for Doctor Who. It's episode 5.18, The Adventures of Snurkle's McGee. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 The Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kapp is here with this week's episode of The Targ. And let's get to it, shall we? Let's take a minute to talk about the biggest news to come out of the internet this past week. Michael Bay. Apparently it wasn't enough for him to have his way with one beloved franchise from the 1980s, Transformers. Now he's about to have his way with another one. Our story thus far. A couple years ago, Nickelodeon, the massive children's network in the United States, which has kind of become the label for all of Paramount's kid stuff, They bought the entire Ninja Turtles franchise, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Everything Ninja Turtles related, now owned by Nickelodeon. So as part of their big TMNT relaunch, they announced a brand new Ninja Turtles movie. It's locked in for a release date of December 2013. And Michael Bay is producing it. Everything seemed fine so far until earlier this week, Michael Bay was giving some kind of presentation and he let slip one of the changes they're making to Ninja Turtles for his new film. That one change, they will no longer be teenage mutants. Now the Ninja Turtles are going to be aliens. What. The. Fuck. Why is he making this completely pointless change Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We all know the origin. We were there in the late 80s, early 90s when they were popular. They were four turtles in the sewers. They came into contact with radioactive ooze and that turned them into Teenage Mutants. And then there was the rat there who knew all the martial arts that took care of the ninja part. That's how it works. Why are they changing them to aliens? It is one of the most pointless changes in the history of pointless changes. Well, of course, the internet exploded with this news, so many angry Ninja Turtle fanboys out there, Michael Bay then released his official statement in order to calm down the fans, and his official statement, the fans need to take a breath and chill. They have not read the script. We are working very closely with one of the original creators of the Ninja Turtles to create a much richer backstory. I'm sorry, dude, the Ninja Turtle backstory was already rich enough before you had to go and do this. I tell ya, why the heck are they making them into aliens? It just, it it just makes no sense. That's like saying Batman is from the planet Krypton. It's as big an alteration as that, so just, I don't know. But still, Christmas Day 2013, when the movie comes out, I will probably be there to see it, because like a lot of gawkers, I love a good train wreck. Let's get to some music, shall we? So, also this past week, one of my latest obscure film scores arrived in the mail. I got the complete uncut Star Trek VI. Now, the interesting about the interesting thing about Star Trek VI is, it is the only Star Trek movie that had original music composed for its trailer. And it's on the complete uncut soundtrack. So here's the original trailer music for Star Trek VI on the targ. Star Trek 6 trailer music here on U62 The Targ Good afternoon, Mark Cap is still here with ya Again, you know, Michael Bay is just completely messing up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles And now another big part of my childhood is going away forever It was announced this past week that West Edmonton Mall Is getting rid of their submarines Yes, well I, that, let me gather my thoughts here I wish I could say this was coming as a surprise, but really, it's not. Uh, the pro- the uh, submarines haven't turned a propeller since about 2007. They just kind of parked them there in the uh, underwater lake, and they've just been sitting there, kind of gathering moss, rusting and stuff like that. So, of course, this is something. It's time has come. Apparently, getting these submarines out of uh, the West Edmonton Mall Lake is going to be quite the endeavor. They even had to bring in a special underwater salvage team from Vancouver to do it. So, that is currently underway. They are very carefully dismantling the submarines, cutting them up with a blowtorch, and then they will be sold for scrap. So, I guess we will no longer be able to make the jokes about how West Edmonton Mall has more subs than the Navy. It's funny. When I saw that news on the internet uh, back on Wednesday, I took to the internet and I shared the news. You know, I went to Twitter and I was like, oh no, another part of my childhood being dismantled. Bam, Twitter link to the article. And then right away, almost immediately, I get a tweet from an Edmonton Journal reporter. And he says, hey, Mark, saw your tweet. Care to share your thoughts for an article I'm writing? And I was like, sure, of course. So I shared my thoughts about the West Edmonton Mall submarines. You know, going to West Edmonton Mall when I was a kid, you know, it was easy to avoid all the other attractions. You know, Galaxy Land. it's kind of away in the corner. Same thing with the World Water Park. So if you got kids and you don't want to spend a lot of money, it's easy to... Avoid those parts of the mall. But you could never avoid the submarines. The way they are parked right there in the middle of the mall, you have to acknowledge them. You have to walk around them. So, of course, we'd see the submarines, and I'd always go, Mom, Dad, can we go on the submarines? And they'd say, No. And then we would be sad. And then they would give us a penny to throw in the lake, and we'd try to hit a submarine, and that would make us happy ah yes the only way i kind of ever wrote the submarines was vicariously through the book code red at the super mall eric wilson he wrote all these uh, mystery novels for kids in the late eighties early nineties each one took place at a famous canadian landmark the one that took place at west edmonton mall was called code red at the super mall and in that book he makes the submarine ride sound very dynamic almost like the jungle cruise at disneyland with very hyperactive tour guides just all pointing out oh my god look at the fish blah stuff like that who knows maybe when the book was written in 1986 back when the submarines first opened that may have been what it was like but when i finally got to ride the submarines in 1990 It was not like that at all. Yes, 1990 was when my parents finally caved and took us for a ride on the submarines. And, you know, I remember going on them with uh, my brother. We were fighting. Do we want to sit on the left side of the sub where we would be staring out into the open water? Or do we want to stare out the right side of the sub where we would be staring at the wall of the lake? So, of course, we decided to sit on the left side and look out into the lake. But what we didn't know then was on the right side, inside those walls, they had all kinds of aquariums there with all kinds of fish. So you could see all these fish under the water. In fact, the Santa Maria, it's actually the top of a very large aquarium inside the lake. How messed up is that? So there you go, and it was nice and that was the first time I rode the submarines. The second and final time was back in 2003. I took my niece and nephew on it, and they liked it. But yeah, I could see it was starting to show its age. So the submarines, a treasured part of West Edmonton Mall, now to be a part of history. Everything's better with Mark Kappas. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Mark Kappas on U62.
1: Let's you
0: club 7 with Reach here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon. Mark Kapp is still here with you on the show. Perhaps some of the biggest news to come out of the UK, S-Club 7 reuniting for 2012. Well, no, I lie. That's not the big news to come out of the UK this past week. The big news is they've made a whole bunch of Doctor Who announcements. The new series of Doctor Who currently filming, and they let fly some of the big secrets that are going on. Now, I do know I have some friends and some listeners who are trying to remain spoiler-free for the next series of Doctor Who. So you know what? I'm going to give you one chance now in order to turn away from this podcast. If you shut it down now, I will not be sad. I will give you five seconds of silence for you to decide whether you want to turn this off and walk away or hear some of the news on Doctor Who, okay? The five seconds of silence begins now. Still there? Okay, the new stuff for Doctor Who. First up, they have announced who The Doctor's New Companion is going to be played by. It's already been revealed this is going to be the final series for Amy and Rory. They're done after this one. So The Doctor's New Companion will be played by a British actress named Jenna Louise Coleman. We don't know anything about her character yet or how the doctor is going to meet her, but we know the name Jenna Louise Coleman. Apparently she was on the uh, British soap opera Emmerdale, and apparently she was also in Captain America, the first adventure. I'm going to have to pop that in the DVD player this weekend and see if I can spot her. Uh, I don't have a picture of her that I can show you because this is a podcast. But yeah, looking at the pictures, I guess I could say she looks kind of like Selena Gomez, only, you know, grown up and filled out. We know nothing about her character yet, but we know the actress who will be playing her. Now, another sad announcement about Doctor Who that came out this week. Just like last year, they're going to split up the season again. Yep, last year it was uh, 13 episodes, 6 in the spring, 7 in the fall. How they're splitting it up this year is there's going to be five episodes in the fall, then they're going to have a break for the Christmas special on Christmas Day, and then the remaining eight episodes are going to be shown in the spring, leading up to all the fantastic 50th anniversary stuff they're planning for 2013. So there. Now here is the big, gigantic, spoilerish stuff. That fifth episode, the one before the Christmas special, That is going to be the final episode for Amy and Rory. As Stephen Moffat, the showrunner, said on his official Twitter feed, Amy and Rory will leave in a final encounter with the Weeping Angels in episode 5. Not everyone gets out alive, and this time I mean it. So there you go. Someone's gonna die. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the big Doctor Who announcements that were made this past week. There was also another announcement made a couple of weeks ago that I thought was really interesting and I gotta share. One of the episodes in this new season is going to be a western. That's right, the Doctor and his companions are going to wind up in the Old West. Apparently, they filmed this episode completely on location in Spain. Makes a lot of sense because Spain was where they filmed all those classic Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns, and they've got a big American guest star, too, to play a gunslinger. The big American guest star is Ben Browder, who was the star of the cult classic sci-fi series Farscape, and then he took over for MacGyver on Stargate SG-1 for the rest of Stargate's run. So there you go. Doctor Who, the seventh series, currently filming, going to premiere sometime this fall, and it sounds like it's going to be a heck of a show. But ever since this relaunch began back in 2005, it's always been a heck of a show. And you know what? I think I'm about rambled out, so I will bring this to an end. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.
1: Yeah.